Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. How many of you parents or grandparents listening to me right now are sick and tired of how addicted your kids or grandkids are to that darn smartphone and or computer. I mean, come on, be honest. You know, by faith, I can see almost every parent raising their hands right there, you know, to that question. You know, you go to visit your grandkids or or you want to talk to your kids and they're down, head down and, and on the couch and, you know, how's your day at school? Okay. I mean, that's that's about the extent of your conversations, right? Well, I got some good news for you today. Molly DeFrank has a degree in international relations. She's worked as a press aide for former California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. She left the hustle and bustle of political life to settle down and take it easy by focusing on having a family. Six kids later, the former hustle and bustle probably seems like a walk in the park now, amen? But these days, she's a stay-at-home mom, a foster mom, to six great kids aged 12 and under, but in this multi-connected, device-ridden world, she started seeing her children change, and it wasn't for the better. They were constantly connected, but not with each other or anyone around them. These devices were actually stealing her children from her, and one day she said, enough is enough. What did she do? She disconnected everything and everyone from tech for two weeks. What was the result? She got her kids back for one. Two, the kids enjoyed themselves more, read more, played more, school grades soared. Praise God. She has since gone on to help others do the same exact thing and has published a great book titled Digital Detox, Two Weeks, the two-week tech reset for kids that we'll be discussing today. Help me welcome to the program, Molly DeFrank. Molly, thank you for taking the time to come join us today. I have really been looking forward to this interview. Me too. Thanks so much for having me, Bob. Amen. Now, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Molly DeFrank? Well, yep. Born and raised Southern California. Um, Went to school up in Northern California and met my husband there. And like you mentioned, I right out of college, I worked for Governor Schwarzenegger. It was a great experience. Um, and now I live in Central California, um, Fresno. We grow most of the country's food here. Um, great family-centered community. Um, lots of really solid churches here too. And yeah, we we had four of our own biological kids, and then we um, opened our home to foster care. And we had, two of our kids came to us through the foster care system. Um, we've had other kids come in and out of our home through foster care too. But right now it's six minivans full, um, <laughs> hands and heart is full. <laughs> so it's Amen. a good life here. Amen. I bet you were one of those uh, college age students that, that said, you know, I'm not going to be that mother, that minivan mom <laughs> driving to soccer practice and all that stuff, right? 
Oh yeah. My sister gave me a um, bumper sticker when I, after I got my minivan, it said, I used to be cool. <laughs> and you're supposed to put it on the back of your minivan. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I Fully bet. embraced minivan life over here though, man. Those, <laughs> those doors that slide, you just can't compete with those. You don't have to stress right. about your kids dinging up cars. It's great. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, I was reading on your website how you love strong black coffee that oh. you said could possibly double for jet fuel. Oh, I can I relate. <laughs> yes, I cheers. Can relate. That's right. Cheers. <laughs> That's how I do this interview. These these interviews is I, I liken it to just sitting at a kitchen table having a cup of coffee. And here we love are. it. I love Amen. it. Because so my good. wife says my coffee is is like medicine. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But you probably need that to keep up with all those kids, right? I you sure do. Job. And you know what? I did a little poll, an informal poll on Instagram a year or so ago, asking parents. How, I had a theory that the number of kids you have equals the number of cups of coffee you drink every morning. Oh, wow. and it it checked out. And these girls were these women, these moms would write back and say, "Yeah, I have three kids. I drink three cup, cups of coffee every morning. Four kids, four cups of coffee. It was so hilarious." Well, I, my kids are grown. If I said their age, they'd get mad at me. But uh, I've got seven grandkids. Aww. And that's about how many cups of coffee I drink yeah. on a day. <laughs> I, <bet. laughs> I didn't even think about that until you mentioned that. Amen. Amen. Well, tell us what led up to your decision to basically pull a plug on tech for your family for a few weeks. Yeah. Well, you know, Bob, when my kids, my oldest kids were born in the early 2010. So my oldest was born in 2009. Um, I had a son 15 months later. Um, We had him right back to back in 2011. And that was around the time when all these devices were coming out for kids. The iPhone came out in 2007. The iPad came out in 2011. And I was an early adopter to this stuff. We bought in to the marketing for sure. All of these devices were marketed to parents as a way to get ahead, a way to get your kids to be, you know, little rocket scientists, how to make them so smart really early on. And, and I bought in, I remember I even had a, like a special case that I would Velcro to the back of my driver's seat. So my kids behind me could be entertained. And, and I thought it was a great solution. Initially, it felt like that, you know, if you're at a restaurant, you need the kids to sit still, boom, you prop up that iPad. If you're trying to finish a conversation with a friend out in public, you hand over your phone, they'll start playing games. And it seemed like a good solution because it works for a little while and then it doesn't work anymore. So it's great until it's not great because what parents saw are seeing and what we saw is that the kids are melting down when the screen timer dings. When you take that phone back, you turn off the iPad, they are falling apart. And it's like we've created these screen zombies that are kind of you know, dependent on it. It's like this digital pacifier, this digital babysitter and, and parents, it's almost this hostage situation where you're like, gosh, I, you know, I'd, I want to give it to you because it gives me this moment of respite, but I know I'm going to pay for it on the back end. And after a couple of years of that, I just got to this point where one day I came home from running errands. My kids were home with a babysitter and one of my kids greeted me at the door, not with hi mommy, but with, can I play on your phone? And that was it for me. I'm like, this is this is wrong. I don't like this. It puts such a bad taste in my mouth. So I called my husband at work and I'm like, hey, babe, I think we need to pull the plug. I think we need to just do it. Cold turkey. And he was all about it. He's like, look, you're the one who's driving the ship at home. I was homeschooling two kids at the time, one in public school. I had two three-year-olds at home in addition to. And he's like, look, you're going to carry the load of this. So if you're in, I'm in. So we sat the kids down at dinner that night and he explained to them it was very you know, this is not a punishment, guys. We're trying something new. Um, we're just going to unplug. No Netflix, no YouTube, no gaming. 
for the next, you know, for the foreseeable future, just for a little while, we didn't tell them it was going to be two weeks. Um, we can get into why in a few minutes, but, um, we told that, you know, we love you so much. We're trying this new thing and the kids lost it. It did not go well. (laughs) It didn't go well. There were tears and, you know, weeping and gnashing of teeth and all of it. And so I was internally, you know, it was one of those parenting moments where you're like, yeah, but we love you. And this is what we're doing. And we understand. But on the inside, I'm like, oh, no, what did I do? Are the next two weeks going to be so hard for me? Am I going to have to be like a camp counselor? Am I going to have to song and dance for these kids all day long? What is this going to be? And thankfully by the time morning rolled around, because we had told the kids, don't bother asking. This is not a negotiation. It's off the table. By the time morning rolled around, they were playing with each other. They were playing with the toys on their shelves that had been gathering dust. And I couldn't believe the change in my kids. I I couldn't believe it. It blew us away. It was like, we flipped a switch. It was like, we just got our kids back. We removed this filter of passive overstimulation from them. And with, and it was just, it blew us away. Amen. Well, how bad is this problem? Really? Have you done any research on that? Oh yeah. It's huge. So the unfortunate thing is that a lot of parents are struggling alone in their homes because they think that, oh gosh, maybe there's something wrong with my kid. Maybe I'm doing this wrong, but most parents I talk to, I wrote this, the parents I wrote this book for, they're really good parents. They're listening to podcasts like yours. They're reading parenting books. They're trying to go by the recommendations and they're still finding a problem. In fact, mm. 85% of parents say that they're concerned about the amount of time their kids are spending on a device, 85%. So if that's you, if you're listening and you're in that camp, you're in the majority of parents. Welcome to the club. Um, since COVID began, kids' recreational screen use doubled 12 year olds are spending upwards of eight hours a day on recreational screen use. That doesn't even count school or texting friends. It's pure entertainment. So that's like a full-time job worth of hours yeah. on a screen. And you know, the effects are really beginning to show in researching for the book. What blew me away was across disciplines. You've got psychiatrists, neurologists, eye doctors, occupational therapists, teachers, principals, all of these people from all of their vantage points saying, this is a problem. Our kids having too much and the wrong kind of digital entertainment is a problem. It's stressing them out. It's causing anxiety and depression through the roof in our kids. We've never seen anything like it. Mm. Um, It's causing eye problems. There's a, a, a new condition called virtual autism that occupational therapists are identifying. And it's where kids are presenting like they're autistic, but in on closer look, not it's not autism. They just have been looking at a screen for their early childhood. So the screen time has displaced those experience, the back and forth conversation, the playing outside, these things that kids have always needed in order to grow since the beginning of time. They're not getting those things. And those things are simple, like free play, you know, swinging on the swings, hanging upside down on the monkey bars, back and forth conversation with a parent. Kids are not getting those things. We've got new speech delays. Um, so this problem is massive. And I, I really believe we're just starting to scratch the surface on the research here. So it's, it's a huge issue and parents are probably listening, nodding along going, yeah, I know this is a problem and I probably don't need another expert to tell me because, because I see it. I see it at my dining room table. My kids are, 
you know, they're a little despondent. I I see it in the car rides. They're not interested in conversation. I see that my kids Mm -hmm. don't care about any of the toys on their shelves or going outside or any of their extracurriculars, because if there's not a screen involved, they don't care. So most parents see it in the home. What they want to know is how do we fix this? Well, this is not only on health mentally like that, but spiritually as well. Right. Oh, that's absolutely true. And that's why I really love talking with other believers about this, because there is a common grace component to this where, you know, our physical and mental health, that's, um, you know, God cares about that. And, and he, that's just a a common grace that this is applicable to all people, but for the believing parent, there is another huge component here. And that is the spiritual and worldview formation of our children. Our kids are all being discipled by something. So even great parents who are maybe being really intentional, like, okay, we spend our 15, 20, 30 minutes a day, face-to-face eye contact, talking with my kids, you know, reading the Bible aloud with them, even doing our devotional. Well, if your kids are also spending one, two, three hours a day looking at a screen, sitting on the other end of whatever influencer is on the other side, you know, how can 20 minutes compete with two or three hours. It it can't. So we just need to be diligent and mindful. You know, these years that our kids are little, we parents have this God-given influence to shape and mold our kids with that incredibly powerful um, position we have to show our kids they are fully known and fully loved by us no matter what. And the beautiful thing is that when our kids are little, if we think something is cool, they think it's cool. You know, if we are into reading our Bibles, if we are, if we're passionate about the Lord, then that can be contagious for them. But if they're sitting there staring at their screen, you know, taking in whatever they're taking in, um, we're missing huge opportunities. Yeah, that is so true. You know, some of the research I've done on this, because I understand what I was reading because my background is a cop, but, but the they get pleasure out of these video games and that pleasure is actually a dopamine uh, release into the brain because that's what stimulates the the pleasure in the mind. But too much requires an even greater amount to have that same pleasurable feeling again. That's how people get addicted to porn and drugs and, and alcohol and all that other stuff where, you know, before one beer, you might catch a buzz and then you notice after a while, it's two beers, then a six pack. And then, you know, and drugs are the same way. And from what I was reading, this screen time for kids is the same thing before, you know, okay, one hour before you go to bed. And then it's, you know, hour and a half and two hours and three hours. And it just keeps going up because they just get more. They need more and need more and need more. Have you seen the same thing in your research? Yeah, you're you're spot on with the dopamine there. Um, and this is something that I did not know before our detox. Um, but in the course of writing the book, I read exactly what you explained. And one really interesting thing I found was that, um, you know, the human brain is wired to release that neurotransmitter dopamine, that pleasure um, chemical when we experience anything good. Well, the problem too is that the the quantity of dopamine that our kids are getting in their brains it's so high that those dopamine receptors are numbing out mm. so to to go back to that addictive cycle you were talking about that's exactly what's happening to our kids and further you know there's that's exactly the reason why your kids complain of boredom 
when there's no screen involved. It's because real life cannot compare with the amount of dopamine that's getting released. And this is not on accident. Um, These engineers, these brilliant data scientists out in Silicon Valley have taken what we know about the brain and how dopamine is released and they bake dopamine release points into the games and apps. So it's not on accident. It's very intentional. And, um, you know, our kids, there's a physiological hold on them. So they really need their parents to step in, you know, that the center of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, which allows our kids to to delay gratification and helps them make good decisions. It's not fully developed until they're 25. There's a reason why kids need their parents in the home to kind of set some boundaries and say, gosh, I know that you can't understand why this is good for you now. And it's my job to kind of step in and be that delayed gratification for you so that you can practice it and learn it. But this is good for our kids. And so the the reason why the, the detox worked so quickly for our family and why every family who has come back to me, who's tried it, has said, this blew us away. This worked so quickly. I couldn't believe it. They say things like that. No one has come back to me and said, this didn't really work. No one, not one single family. The reason why it works so quickly and so effectively is that you're giving your kids a dopamine reset. You're bringing those levels back down to normal real life. Now your kids have a chance to um, develop a love of real life. Now they can see more clearly. You've taken that filter away, that overstimulation, high dopamine obsession kind of filter. And now they can see the world differently. And they're like, well, where do I go when my dopamine isn't jacked up by this stuff? And you get to see your kids like never before. You get to see their interests more clearly. Yeah. Amen. Amen. How, what does all this do to the minds of children, say elementary, middle school age kids, to the minds of teenagers that we didn't experience growing up? Yeah. Well, the brains are being rewired, plain and simple. And I've read this from several different neurologists and psychologists who've written a lot about this. Um, And that's something that these folks at Apple and these big tech giants didn't necessarily anticipate when they created this technology. Um, There is actually, there are two periods of childhood in particular where there's a pruning that happens in the brain where if you're, you know, it's use it or lose it. So if you're not using these neural pathways and connections, they get pruned. And so whatever your kids are practicing, there's one in early childhood, I want to say it's four or five. And there's one when kids are like 14, 15. So if your kids are practicing for hours a day, sitting on the couch on first person shooter games, they're going to get really good at that. And maybe they'll, they will be good at that. But if they're practicing on the other hand, you know, classical piano or back and forth conversation or reading and sustained attention. Um, if your kids, when they're little, are practicing play, which is where we know that small children learn the most, mm-hmm. then their imaginations are going to grow. Their creativity is going to blossom. So we got to kind of take a minute as parents and think, what are we doing here? Like, what do we, what do we want to develop in our children? during the short time when they're under our roof. And, and that's really what the the book is hopefully doing for families. And I I help people lay that out at the beginning. It's like, what are your, um, what are your driving principles in your home? Just trying to distill that down to one or two things in our home. We want to teach our kids to love God and love people. And sometimes we need to make sacrifices around that. Um, Sometimes we'll find out that it's not very loving to God or people. If we're isolating in our room and consuming endless amounts of digital entertainment. And so Mm -hmm. this detox will help you kind of reassess that. 
Yeah. And I've seen some parents, they're into video games, you know? And so if they're, you know, they come home from work and eat dinner, sit down. And now for the next six hours, they're on the video game and the kids need attention. And what do they do? Here, here's your video game. I'm playing my video game. You can play your video game. So they're learning that this is what you do. You know, what's really um, sobering is in, in some of the research I did, um, Nicholas Carderis is a, um, a, a physician out of, I actually don't know where he's from, but he has written a lot. He wrote a book called Glow Kids. And a really alarming thing I read was that in, in the military, there was a new, they needed to create a new code in their computer system to, for um, child deaths due to negligence because parents were gaming mm. and they neglected their kids so severely while they were gaming that the, the small children passed away due to neglect. So that was so sobering and alarming to me that these games can, can have such a hold yeah. on people on the brain and on our, what we're doing that this is a huge problem. Now, most, the majority of families that I'm talking with that I'm working with, that's, it's not to that extent, but, um, it, and to the other end of the spectrum, we want to be careful not to decry all technology mm-hmm. as inherently evil. Technology can be an incredible yeah. tool for us. And even video games, our family, we really enjoy technology. We love watching movies together. In fact, last night we were after dinner, we were, um, my kids were playing one of those, I can't remember, just dance. We pulled up Mm -hmm. just dance and they, you know, all six of them are standing on the carpet. We're laughing, they're dancing and there can be great. I mean, we've Mm -hmm. done, um, you know, Mario Kart tournaments together. It can be a great way to connect with each other. Um, the, the struggle here for families right now is putting technology in its place. Because over the last, you know, 15 years or so, so much digital entertainment has kind of trickled into the home that it's filled every gap and void. And if it's not our kids staring at a screen, it's the parents. And really, if we're not careful, it's stealing those connective moments away. You look back at one of the things I'm so grateful for, our God is so good to us. And in parenting, he doesn't spell out a specific way that every single parent has to parent their kids. but When he does give parents commands that are clear, we need to listen to that. And you look back at Deuteronomy 6 and God gives parents commands and he says, parents, hey, talk to your kids about me. Talk, Teach them these things as you go down the road, you know, as you get up, as you lie down, talk to them about me all the time. And unfortunately, we're living in a culture where all of those in-between moments, they're filled with a device. And so what I help parents do is take a time out, clear, clear all the junk out of those moments, give you back those moments to connect with your kid, go on walks. It's very simple. Um, Amen. you know, across the dining room table. And so, so it really just gives you your connection back with your kids. Amen. Amen. We've been talking with Molly DeFrank, author of digital detox, the two week tech reset for kids. Molly, how did you finally just arrive at the solution of unplugging from tech? I mean, you must've been considering this a little bit before, uh, just to have it pop up like that. Right. Well, it was kind of a last resort, you know, I would in a lot with a lot of parenting things, you know, sometimes we research and we make a decision, but this was frankly a case of mother has had it. 
Um, it was, it was like, we were setting the limits. We were setting, um, timers and tweaking them and, and taking it away for bad behavior and giving it back for good behavior. But it wasn't, that wasn't fixing the problem. Um, we were following the American Academy of Pediatric guidelines and we were still seeing problems. Um, a lot of parents too might notice if you're listening, um, if you have kids with ADHD or if you have kids with trauma backgrounds, like from foster care, you might see that digital entertainment is impacting them more than your other kids. Um, you might see that it kind of sets them off in a way that it doesn't set off your other kids. And there's research to support that. So follow your gut here. If, if you're listening and if you feel a nudge, like, I think maybe we need to try this thing. You probably do. You probably do it. It will change everything. And I know it sounds really scary because I was terrified, but what's waiting for you on the other side of that fear is total transformation in your kids. And I tried to write this book in a way that it was, it was what I wish I could have handed to myself on, <laughs> on detox Eve, you know, every tip yeah. for, okay, well, what, if, what do you do when the kids throw a fit? What do you do at a restaurant when you used to rely on these devices? Um, yeah. What do you do if you have to take a work call? What do you do? You know, how do you not derail, but how do you also make the detox serve you? And, you know, it's not legalistic, but it is pretty strict. So, um, so it, it, we found it to be a really good tool. And maybe, you know, there's nothing necessarily new here inherently about taking a break. I'm kind of borrowed a tablet from Moses here on, <laughs> on taking a break or unplugging from something, um, the digital Sabbath here, but, um, but it's very effective. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for this portion of a great interview with Molly DeFrank, author of Digital Detox, The Two-Week Tech Reset for Kids. Now, you cannot convince me that the technology boom we have today is good for kids. At least not as, let's say, they're in kindergarten to about 10th grade. If you feel you need to get your kids some high-tech toys, well, you just need to set limits on them. But Molly DeFrank decided to go one better. She wanted her family back. Amen. So she is to this two-week period where they spent time as a family instead of online. Amen. This is so awesome. I want to encourage you to drop down into the show notes, get in touch with Molly, and definitely, most definitely, order one or more copies of her book, Digital Detox, The Two-Week Tech Reset for Kids. Do it for the betterment of your family. Amen. They, oh, they'll probably gripe and complain at first. But once they learn how to have fun without technology, I just can't tell you how great that'll be. Amen. Drop down in the show notes, order your copies today, and be sure to come back for the conclusion of this interview with Molly DeFrank in the very next episode. Amen. Till then, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.
Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcasts. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.